tuned into the Recovery Innovators Radio Show, your access to today's best addiction recovery ideas, tools, and experts. Listen in and you will learn what is and what isn't working today. We want you, your loved ones, and anyone you know who needs a helping hand to find success in recovery and live the life they deserve. And now, here's your host, James Healy. Hey everybody, I'm James Healy and welcome to the Recovery Innovators Radio Show, episode number seven. The entire purpose of this show is to help you turn your addiction recovery challenges and failures into successes and freedom from everything that's keeping you from living the life you deserve. I check in with innovative experts and individuals in the recovery industry so we can hear directly from them what is working today for addicts in recovery, for their families, for their friends, and maybe we can provide some continuing education tips for other experts too. On today's episode, I'm honored to chat with Melissa Colleen, a recovery coach that approaches coaching a person in recovery like a business executive coach would coach a CEO of a high-performing company. Melissa has more than 25 years experience in personal recovery as well as 35 years as a business owner and leader. Melissa is the author of the first book on recovery coaching, Recovery Coaching, A Guide to Coaching People in Recovery from Addiction. She has received her master's degree in executive coaching and a master's of philosophy in organizational dynamics from the University of Pennsylvania. Melissa is the past president of Recovery Coaches International, and in 2015, she received the Vernon Johnson Award from Faces and Voices of Recovery for her recovery coaching work. With her many years of personal recovery, she realized when studying at Penn that impact recovery coaching would have for those in the room struggling with sobriety. All right, let's get to the interview. It's a good one. Hey there, Melissa. How are you doing today? Good, James. How are you? I'm doing really well, thank you. Well, thank you so, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, for this interview, I'm so fascinated by what you do and the book you wrote, the Recovery Coaching uh, book, and uh, it's really a, a must-read for anyone in the recovery uh, industry in the field as far as uh, helping people with coaching, because I think that's a big, a big part of uh, anyone's um, successful recovery plan. So. Uh, I'm excited to get started talking about that. Great. Thank you. Can you give me just a quick brief history on how you ended up in this field of helping people impacted by addiction? It's always an interesting story how people get to this this field. I don't think it's often the first choice when someone goes off to to college after high school. Well, there you're absolutely right. The uh, <laughs> I am a person in long-term recovery, and what that means is that I haven't had a drink or drug since May 5th, 1989, and I am also sober in behavioral addictions, love addictions, since October 14th, 2004. And you're absolutely right. I did not get sober in college. In fact, when I went to college, it was sex, drugs, and rock and roll. So (laughs) I always... I am just baffled how I could have been stoned absolutely every single day 
I was in college and still uh, graduated magnum cum laude from Syracuse University. But in art, when I became sober, it was because my son, I found I was pregnant and I decided uh, not to drink or do any drugs. And at that point, after he was born, Mm -hmm. I realized that I needed to continue my sobriety because I felt such responsibility to him and organizing everything in my life. At the time, I still was in art. I ran an art gallery with my uh, ex-husband and a young child and running a business. I, I needed to be in control. So it wasn't until... Mm-hmm. The crash, the subprime mortgage crisis that I decided to change my career. So back in 2008, uh, actually in 2006, I was already going back to school for executive coaching at the University of Pennsylvania. And around 2008, I lost my job, not in the art gallery. At that time, my husband and I had divorced, and I was working in the mortgage industry and and real estate. And it crashed, so I lost my position, and I decided to go full-time at University of Pennsylvania for uh, executive coaching. And I walked out of a meeting, an AA meeting, one day in the center of Philadelphia with a friend of mine who was an interior designer, and he himself was considering changing his career. And I said to him, Mm -hmm. I said, you know, they all need a coach. No kidding. They really need a recovery coach. And all of a sudden, it clicked. It clicked that I was being trained to be an executive coach, someone who'd take middle managers, directors, CEOs, and high-level executives and help them cope and become better at dealing with conflict and work-life balance and that's all the stuff that we need when we're going through recovery, but we need to balance our recovery with life. Mm -hmm. That's when I decided to write my thesis on recovery coaching. Yeah. What an aha moment that, I mean, you were right there seeing the, the exact people who Mm -hmm. needed this. And it's interesting because I, Myself, when I was early in recovery, I sought out a nutritionist. I was looking to kind of, you know, heal my brain and, and manage the cravings and all that sort of thing. And I figured I could do that. I had a background in health and nutrition. And so I worked with someone who um, helped me develop a, a customized nutrition plan for someone in recovery. She worked at a treatment center. But she also sat down with me. Mm-hmm when we went over the nutrition and she basically started life coaching me and I kind of needed that at the same time too. It it wasn't just the nutrition. I really needed to see a bigger picture of what was going on and what I needed to move towards in the future. So 
That's so cool that you, you discovered that at that time. And, and, uh, now you've, uh, been doing this for quite a while. You've been, uh, coaching a bunch of mm -hmm. different, uh, folks, individuals, families as well, right? Individuals, one-on-one. -on -one. I am also gender specific. I only coach women and I, pull in family recovery coaches because, of course, addiction affects the family in a major way. And so there are coaches that study how to work with family members. There are also coaches that are wellness coaches, nutritionists. Mm -hmm. And many times recovery coaches are called life coaches if they're to be classified by the International Coaching Federation, which is a very international coaching association, they put life coaches at the very head of the uh, paragraph, and then underneath are recovery coaches, wellness coaches, family coaches, coaches that can help you through a divorce or bad finances, all under the heading of life coaches. So that's kind of where we lay. Sure. Yeah, I can understand that. I mean, it's basically a new life mm -hmm. just in sobriety, you mm -hmm. know, or, or however you want to phrase that. So ex exactly what is a recovery coach? What, when, when someone says to you, what's a recovery coach? You introduce yourself as one. So I always say a recovery coach is someone who works one-on-one -on -one with an individual trying to remain sober, mostly in the environment that made them drink or drug in the first place. So that's what I always call my little elevator speech. Mm -hmm. But a recovery coach has so many titles, no matter what title it is, whether it's recovery coach, peer recovery support specialist, sober coach, sober mentor, addiction administrator. Oh, I could go on. In fact, I have a paragraph in the book that just lists all of these titles that a recovery coach has, it really doesn't matter as much what we call us ourselves. What we do is the same thing. We work one-on-one -on -one with an individual, guiding them through the process of remaining sober, giving them the tools that they need to remain sober, never leaving them if they relapse, very important key. And I have some clients that I've been working with since 2012 and other clients that have been to rehabs eight times during the period of time that I've been employed as their recovery coach. So it's not important to me that that person is 100% sober when we're working together, what's in, it is important is that I see progress. Mm -hmm. And as they say in the program, it's progress. Right. And the okay. individual often never sees that progress, but I see it. And I, there's a lot of models in the recovery field, models 
is a term for a process in which you go through the rehabilitation of someone who is in addiction. And I believe that process takes five years. So when I say we don't leave a client, we don't leave a client. I've also been fired from a client and four or five days later <laughs> called back. So I have, yeah. you know, of course, a terrible situation coming out of withdrawal, all that no. stuff. Nobody's thinking right. But it's important that we don't abandon our clients because so much of the treatment field in the past would kick them out of outpatient because they had a dirty tox screen. Or they would kick them out of inpatient because they mm -hmm. were uh, drinking or got some kind of contraband. And, and they, that's like a doctor telling a diabetic never to come back to his office because they were eating chocolate cake. Your blood sugar was high or something, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, we wouldn't do that. So the recovery coach follows what is known as the recovery management model that was written back in uh, 2002 by William White. And that is the basis of which I wrote my book. And when I wrote the Recovery Coaching, A Guide to Coaching People in Recovery from Addictions, I followed the recovery management model that you stick with it. Right. And that, that model follows basically a timeline, right? It doesn't, I mean, it's not set like in 30 days, this is going to happen, but it kind of, it's a, it's a flow. But a flow is a good word for it because it is not linear. And every single time someone relapses, of course, we, we mm -hmm. go back to where we were you know, a couple of weeks ago or a couple of months ago. But the timeline still is pretty present. And it and that's where I got the five year plan okay. from, because slowly but surely we learn from our mistakes and slowly but surely we see what our triggers are and slowly but surely we begin to use the tools of recovery. But nothing's better than a big, swift kick in the butt or a two by four over the head or, you know, the eighth stay in detox. Those are excellent <laughs> tools for learning. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I mean, I called it the relapse roller coaster when I was on it. Because, mm -hmm. yeah, you would... You would think you had it nailed. I'm sober for six weeks or whatever it is, and then you you feel like your your self plan, the plan I came up with, is going to work now, and I can manage this or whatever. But mm -hmm. yeah, after my first day in detox, I was like, I'm never coming back here again. But that that wasn't <laughs> true. <laughs> I was back a few more times. So yeah, that's interesting. That the I like that that the recovery. It isn't just starting from the day you you quit drinking or doing drugs. It's it includes a bunch of that time beforehand, right? Where you're trying to figure it out. Well, we we use a lot of assessments, very similar to the therapists that are working in treatment centers. We look for key indicators, and one of the key indicator is the stage of change that individual is in. 
has that person given up drinking or drugging for a period of time? It could have been a day. Mm -hmm. It could have been a week. That's a key indicator that they would be a person wanting to change, open to listening to a coach, open to going to a 12-step program, open to going to an inpatient or an outpatient program at a treatment center, a clinical location, or very simply open to hearing more. And so the stage of change is an assessment, five simple questions that we ask someone when we first meet them. And the the key indicator is, have you tried giving up? Mm-hmm. And if they've tried giving up just for one day, that's a huge, huge sign that they're, they're willing. They're, they're a good candidate to move forward in sobriety. If they say, no, the reason I'm here is because the courts made me do it. I got five DUIs. (laughs) But we can work with that person too. It's just going to take a little longer and we're going to have to sit through a couple of more relapses. Right. Until again, the two by four encounters (laughs) the head and something shakes them up. Yeah, that's going to leave a mark. Uh, I know. (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah that um, we do have to, I think, reach that point of of deciding on our own that mm-hmm. things need to change. You know, that's the key. That's the key. Mom and dad can't make that decision yeah. for you. The courts can't make that decision for you. Your wife can't make that. And plenty of times I've heard it in the rooms that people first walk into the, a 12-step program for their wife. And when it starts to work for them, they walked out and decided, I'm coming back because it's for me. Right. Exactly. Exactly. All right, we're going to take a quick one-minute break here, and uh, I'm going to just tell you a little bit about our sponsor for today's show, which is the Addictions Academy. The Addictions Academy is the nation's leading accredited addiction treatment services and sober coaching, intervention training academy, and... uh, If you are looking to get into the addiction recovery field, maybe as a sober or recovery coach, or if you're looking to up your game and boost your skills for your current practice, uh, you can get some new training there. They have some amazing faculty and staff with decades of experience, and they have some great comprehensive coursework that's going to really give you those tools and resources that you need to to really take your, your practice to the next level. So... Give them a call, 800-706-0318, or check them out at theaddictionsacademy.com. Again, that's theaddictionsacademy.com. And now back to our show. Um, so what? So what's really possible with a... A coach, like if someone works, do they decide, okay, I need to change some things in my life? What sort of things are possible when working with a coach? I know we talk about the relapse thing. I know the the relapse numbers are so high with people coming out of traditional treatment or even trying on their own, like you know I did. And that is one of the 
the factors that has made recovery coaching grow so rapidly is treatment. And this is just one uh, job description for a recovery coach. Mm -hmm. Treatment centers have found that that number of people relapsing after their discharge was huge. 80% of the people who were discharged from a treatment center handed a 12-step meeting list, patted on the back and say, said, go to a meeting as soon as you can and find a sponsor. 80% of those people relapsed within the first month. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, that's... And then out of that, out, so we 80% did... Out of that, 20% of the people held back and they eventually relapsed within the next two months. So it that was a terrible, it, it's like a college telling a parent who just dropped 120000 uh, on their child's education, now your son can be a barista. Right. You know, it just doesn't work. It doesn't look so good. So William White developed this concept for an individual that a recovery coach is there at the door of the treatment center, brings that individual home, stays with that individual for, let's say, a weekend, Mm -hmm. definitely a day introduces them to their first 12-step meeting, introduces them to the recovery community, Mm -hmm. a possible temporary sponsor, and then ensures that that individual is enrolled in an outpatient treatment program and has a therapist. Because the concept for it to work is we need therapy and we need Mutual support, not necessarily just AANA. It doesn't. It could be women in recovery. Could be women for sobriety. It could be moderation management. It doesn't have to be the traditional AA. It can be anything. And a recovery coach is trained to offer any mutual support program, and make sure that that person goes to those meetings. In, in the coach will pick them up and take them to the meetings, pick them up and take them to the therapist and stay with that person during a very, very difficult time. But that time after they get out of treatment, that first month, as I said, 80% of the people are going to relapse. Yeah, that, that accountability is key to, to have someone uh, like a sober companion like that, that's helping make sure you're Mm-hmm. Staying mm-hmm. sober and getting to those those groups or or doing other activities, you know, even just going for a, a walk or a hike mm-hmm. or something where you're getting yoga. some exercise. And, yeah, yoga, meditation or whatever it is, because it's easy to slip back into old habits when you come mm-hmm. out of treatment. Uh, you know, where you're kind of isolated in a little bubble right. and then you're back out, back out into the the real world and back into your, your same environment mm-hmm. in a lot of cases, most cases, I'm mm-hmm. sure. And so that's, that's what William White saw for a recovery coach. Since then, it's expanded so tremendously. It can be just someone who 
doesn't stay overnight with that person. It can be somebody who just stays with them. And at 10 o'clock at night, they go home to their house. And then it could be somebody who the, the individual who just left treatment goes to a recovery support center and is assigned a free recovery coach, no charge. And that person speaks to that person every day and monitors their recovery. It could be also someone who is homeless on the street who wants to Mm -hmm. get sober and they come into a recovery center or a office in a homeless shelter and again is assigned a recovery coach. That many times recovery coaches are now working mm-hmm. with drug courts and are reporting to the therapists and the probation officers. Then recovery coaches are now in the emergency rooms. And with the huge amount of heroin overdoses that has hit the United States, the recovery coach is there. The individual had OD'd. They were given a uh, shot of Narcan or an inhalant of Narcan, Mm -hmm. and their overdose was reversed. Mm -hmm. However, what happens in a very busy metropolitan ER, once that overdose is reversed, that person would get up and walk out of the ER. And so what was happening is a missed opportunity to help really put that person into the recovery mode instead of, a, hey, I'm going to go out and do this again, because it just turned out to be a revolving door. Narcan turned out to be a, a, a very good tool, but it didn't right. solve the addiction. So recovery coaches are now in emergency rooms at peak times. And they will work with the person Mm -hmm. who has been revived and put them in the situation of saying, come on, we just saved your life. Now you save the rest of your life by coming and going into this treatment center or going Mm -hmm. into this detox and from the detox. So right away, in, in a way, they're being escorted into treatment. The person always has the ability to say no. And if that person does say no, a week later, that same recovery coach is calling them up or knocking on their door and saying, how do you feel now? How's it going? Yeah, right. So that's another, I back in 2002 when William White devised this idea, that wasn't part of it. But that's other ways that recovery coaches now work. And again, that's free. Not, no one's charged for that service. Right. Yeah. And and are recovery coaches volunteering for this or are they uh you know provided by different agencies to to help with some of these you know yes. mini and, mini interventions at the hospital or whatever you want to call it? Yes. And they so it goes both ways. The client is not charged because the hospital is not being charged for the recovery coach being there. The recovery coach is being paid usually by a federal or state grant that pays an agency uh, to put the recovery coach there. And this is recovery coach is to get them into the treatment centers. Now the treatment centers unite in somewhat of a, a, a cohort to help 
these revived detox victims. So there, if in the area there are six or seven inpatient treatment centers, not all of them will have beds, but the recovery coach will know right. which one does. The same goes with detox. There are detoxes that Medicare and Medicaid will pay for. And depending on the individual's insurance coverage, the recovery coach will know that and then shoot that individual to the appropriate detox. So with that, recovery coach knows a mm -hmm. lot about recovery, and none of the doctors and none of the nurses do. They have no idea. They know how to right. revive them. They know how to set up a, 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 a stab wound or fix a gunshot but they don't know how to save a drug addict by putting them into detox. It's a whole different thing. And that's what the recovery coaches specialize in. So they're, they're playing a great role. Yeah, that's, that's really awesome. And so obviously recovery coaches are becoming more common, especially in, in metro areas. Well, to give you an idea, when I first decided to write my thesis on recovery coaching, uh, it was like 2008. So I look on, I Google recovery coaching, and I came up with about five documents mm -hmm. <laughs> in 2008. Now, if you were to Google recovery coaching, you'd come up with close to 31 million. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think, think that's I think it's yeah. It's a, <laughs> the words getting out there. <laughs> well, also, it is when you're you're getting clean, you hit bottom. Yeah. And no matter what you had before, you don't have it now. So for many individuals, and this is where it's just such a cathartic experience. For many individuals, they go, I'd like to give back. Mm -hmm. And again, that's a tenant of many of the mutual support programs yeah. is to give back what you freely received. And so many individuals, the first step out of that hole is to learn how to be a recovery coach. And that's why I wrote my book. And so someone could learn how to do that. For 20 bucks. Yeah. And then, then they can make the decision whether they want to do it and get certified. And certification sometimes in the state of Ohio, it's free. Mm. Some states, it's it's compensated by federal grants, and it could be about four or $500. And then some individuals and, and organizations charge up to $4,000. So it's, or you could go to a community college and take a course for about a thousand yeah. and certified. So there's all different ways. But what I wanted to do with my book is give somebody an idea of what a recovery coach does and, and let them realize they could do it too. Yeah. And your book is a, is a phenomenal resource for sure. The appendix has so much in it and also your website um has a lot of links to a lot of these uh tr training mm -hmm. programs and and things as well and we'll have the link to your book and the your website and everything on the show notes so people can uh click right over and, and find out more if they're interested in becoming a recovery coach like i have and it's interesting because 
I actually started coaching when I was first getting uh, sober. It, I was living in a sober house. Mm. And I my background, like I said, was kind of in nutrition and health. And I met with this nutritionist. And I learned all about nutrition and food. And I started teaching a class to the other residents, because I also used to be a high school teacher, mm-hmm. about nutrition for people in recovery, because I was seeing them eat very poorly, and it wasn't helping them at all to eat pizza, Hot Pockets, washed down with Mountain Dew. And at that time, I started feeling like giving back and helping others in the way that I had been helped by my coach, who I see as a coach now. And it just started this whole thing. And I started a blog, and it's been going on for years now. So it's it's interesting that um, a lot of us end up on that path and it, it feels good to help others and get thanked by them. You just, you just described the path of many, many uh, people to take, but I wanted to take just a moment if I can. Yeah. Many people say, wow, what about a, a, uh, a sponsor. Every right. you are just a, a sponsor, and the difference is that a sponsor does it and uses his or her knowledge in recovery personally, their personal knowledge. Maybe they've read a workbook here or there, and they follow the steps, and they're following a twelve-step program. Whereas a recovery coach has a credential Mm -hmm. and that certification means that not only have we read a few models of recovery, not Mm -hmm. only the model written by William White, but there's a harm reduction model. There's many rows. Again, I'm quoting Bill W. But (laughs) so it's important that a recovery coach know all of them. Whereas a sponsor, they only really need to know AA or right. whatever they're in. They don't need to know AA, NA, codependency, uh, sex addiction, whereas a recovery coach has to know all of them, all right. of them. And that's what the certification training will cover. The certification training covers how to deal with suicidal ideations, Right. Whereas, you know, a sobriety, a, a sober coach knows what to do, whereas a sponsor may not. And then a, a, that certification for a recovery coach also describes certain medications. Now, we aren't doctors and we're not nurses, but we're knowledgeable in the medications that are often given to individuals in recovery. We're also very knowledgeable for the medications given to individuals that have co-occurring disorders, which means that they have mental health disorders or maybe other chronic diseases that complicate the path to recovery for them. A recovery coach knows that. So that's why we're a little bit different. We're not to the level of a therapist. No. Yeah. And it's true. I mean, there is no one size fits all for Mm -hmm. someone's successful recovery. You have to really find the tools and resources and pieces and parts that, you know, kind of custom Mm -hmm. 
someone customize someone's someone's program. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, that's where they go. So who who should consider becoming a recovery coach? I mean, obviously it was a nice fit for me and and you. <laughs> who else might? Well, in in most of the cities and as I said on my website mkrecoverycoaching.com, I have a link to every coaching my goal is every coaching organization giving recovery coaching certification training in the world it's in fact right now i put out on my blog i want to hear from people it's time for me to update it and so when generally they have to fill out an application and generally it reads like this you need a, a high school diploma or a ged or you're in the process of completing that ged and you need two years of sobriety. Period. That's it. That's it. And of course, the will and determination. The desire to help others. To help others. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, that's pretty short application. <laughs> A lot easier than getting into grad school, I can tell you that much. <laughs> no essays? What? <laughs> When they're looking at it, this is, as I said, when you're at the bottom, this is the first rung of the ladder. And so many, so many of of the people I have seen in my first recovery coaching training, they've taken this step. And then the next step was to be a certified drug and alcohol counselor. And then the next step was to be a licensed clinical social worker. And then the next step perhaps was to be a uh, supervisor of other therapists, or maybe they wanted then to become a psychologist or doctor, a psychiatrist. So it's, uh, it's the first run of the ladder in the helping professions. Yeah. It's a, and it's a great, great step up <laughs> where, where a lot of us were. Ah. Sure. Oh man. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Um, do you have anything else to add before we? I have a few kind of end of interview questions, but um, you were absolutely just, right. Time flies when we get I'm, I'm telling you. Yeah, I know. I could keep talking for a long time about this too. Yeah, go ahead, James. It's your show. All right. Uh, so tell, let's learn a little more about Melissa. So, what do you like to do for fun? I know you're. Uh, out there on the East Coast. You're in Jersey, is that right? Yes, I'm in uh, southern New Jersey, about 11 miles outside of Philadelphia. So when people tell ask me where I live, I usually say Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Okay. And what do I do for fun? Well, uh, right now, I tend to do for fun, I do a lot of writing. I do a lot of writing for my blog. And I'm working on a new book. It's called Peer-to-Peer Recovery Coaching, which is recovery coaching for people in mental health recovery. Okay. And peers are individuals who are also in recovery, in mental health recovery. And they're doing the same thing that recovery coaches are doing for people in addiction. Addiction, okay. You can recover 
from depression. You can recover from schizophrenia. And there's ways in which you can do that. So that's my next book. Fun. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. <laughs> that sounds interesting. Yeah, definitely. It's very creative. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the best piece of advice you've ever received? Actually, I just received a really good... Hold on. i got to get it here. Ah. Okay. Ah. I had to move something to get it because That's I have That's all right. <laughs> and just, I put best, you on the spot. You did, but I'm <laughs> glad I have an answer for you. <laughs> and the answer is write a vision statement. Uh, yeah. And so, and uh, it was very interesting because this is some of the stuff you and I met on LinkedIn, right? Mm-hmm. And people poo-poo LinkedIn, but this was advice that I got on LinkedIn from one of the people that have written many of books, Malcolm Gladwell, that I love, and then a whole slew of other very famous people just were on a YouTube video that they made that they just said their vision statement. Mm-hmm. And I said, wow, I think this is a great tool for myself. I was kind of in this not so happy situation. I'm 60. I'm slowing down. My body is definitely slowing down before my mind is. I'm moving from a large house into a small house. I'm experiencing a lot of change. Mm -hmm. And... When I heard this, I said, wow, I do need a vision statement. And this would be a terrific tool for my clients, too. So may I read my vision statement? Yeah. Okay. I'd love to hear it. I'm very proud of this. So this this is the best advice I have had in a long time. And I followed it to make a vision statement. So here we go. My vision statement is. Every day I make mistakes and I learn from them. Every day I face adversity and so far I'm still here. Every day I face problems I cannot solve, so I hand them over to a power that can. And every time I want to quit, I don't. That's it. That's that's a lot. I like it a lot. That's uh, awesome. It's, it's a little large for a business card, but that's, yep. it, <laughs> that's it's okay. something I read every day. And it was actually taped to my screen. <laughs> oh, that's where you had to pull it off. Well, thank yeah. you so much for sharing that with us. I really, really enjoyed that. Ron, I do think that's a great tool for for anyone. And, you know, I'm going to work on my vision statement now. You, you inspired me. I need to yes. do that as well. Things have been a little hectic for me. I am also in a in a lot of change right now. I told you before we started. So. Yeah, yeah. M- moving. It was a good tool to lift me up and out of a little funk and push me through a door. And so I I I want that to happen for you too. Oh, perfect. Well, thank you so much. Well. 
Melissa, it's been really awesome. Um, how can people best connect with you? Uh, you mentioned your website. All you have to do is Google Melissa Colleen and I'll come up. Uh, M-E-L-I-S-S-A-K-I-L-L-E-E-N. And you can go to my website. I have a few of them. And so you can take your pick when you Google Melissa Colleen. <laughs> All right. One is mkrecoverycoaching.com, which features the link to all of the recovery coach training that's available in the world. And there's over 300 uh, organizations listed there. And as I said, this month is when I usually update that list. And already I have close to 55 new additions. So I, I might break 500 by the time I'm wow. finished with that update. So send if you know of any uh, organizations, send them in my direction. That would okay. Be- yeah, I certainly will. And I'll uh, put that out there in my social media with this. When Great. We, when we, and uh, of produce course, this. there's a link to my book, Recovery Coaching, A Guide to Coaching People in Recovery from Addictions. And that's there. And so soon there'll be a Kindle and an audio. That's another thing I'm working on. <laughs> All right. Well, little steps. Well, you'll, you'll get there eventually. Every time I want to quit, I don't. Oh, good. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. Uh, we'll have to have you back again sometime. It's been a pleasure. Great. And I've learned so much. And I'm sure our listeners have too. Great, James. Thank you for the opportunity. It was terrific. All right. Take care. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thanks for listening. You can learn more at recoveryinnovatorsradio.com.